Welcome to the Next Level Soul podcast, where we ask the big questions about life. Why are we here? Is this all there is? What is my soul's mission? We attempt to answer those questions and more by bringing you raw and inspiring conversations with some of the most fascinating and thought-provoking guests on the planet today. I am your host, Alex Ferrari. I've always wanted to help the audience take their soul to the next level, so I've partnered with Mind Valley and other amazing free courses on spirituality, mind, body, soul, longevity, wealth, and so much more. All you need to do is go to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the show, its host, or any of the companies they represent. Now, today on the show, we have near-death experiencer, Reverend Debbie Grace. Now, Debbie has a unique story because she is a suicide survivor, and her near-death experience is profound to say the least. So let's dive in. I'd like to welcome to the show, Reverend Debbie Grace. How you doing, Reverend Debbie? Oh, delighted to be here today with you this summer. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm I'm really looking forward to talking about your your interesting adventures and misadventures in this yes, lifetime. <laughs> of the unusual kind. Yes, a very unusual kind. So before we get into your before you get your, we into your NDEs, we're also going to talk a little bit later about your walk-ins, which I've only I think had one other person on the show in all these episodes that had a walk-in. So we'll talk a little bit more deeply about walk-ins. And you had five of them apparently. So yeah. You need to close. You need to close the door. It's enough with the walk-ins, um, and you had two NDEs, so you need to stop dying too. I mean, after the first one, you should have moved yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, um, what was so? What was your life like prior to your first near-death experience? Well, I fit into the category that PMH Atwater refers to as childhood near-death experiences. So you were talking about the wild stallion that you are. So my consciousness was very much eager to be of service Mm -hmm. and got started very, very early so that quote unquote now in the 2023, 2024, 2025, 2026 timeline, I'm like an elder, even Mm -hmm. though, right, I'm half a century. I've had the life experience, right, of a shamanic grandmother uh, probably about you know like 88 years of wisdom and Mm -hmm. i'm ready to be that resource for others because like we said we just didn't waste any time (laughs) and jumped right in upon early arrival so so what so what was your near-death experience do you remember the first near-death experience since you were so young yes however i always love to contextualize the value of an experience Mm -hmm. with what you would call the fertility of the foundation. Mm -hmm. And uh, it would be helpful to discuss the purpose of the near-death experiences from the perspective of the pre-birth planning. So I've researched that you've had other presenters. So if you haven't heard of that term, you know, just look up next level soul pre-birth planning. Mm -hmm. And so then we'll have multiple speakers, right? Multiple authors that will be able to answer any of your questions with this episode. Mm -hmm. And so my function is to be a dispensation of grace for the ancestral healing of the entire species. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So this is really not my near-death near experience. It's really something that the ancestors were still, you know, grappling with and coming to terms with even before, quote unquote, I arrived. So that means that I was literally recruited by the ancient ones, which, you know, like all the ascended masters, right? The ancient, ancient ones. Hey, we got a bloodline on the planet that really needs a lot of help to come back to love, to come back to wholeness, to come back to unity. And oh, by the way, if you help this bloodline, then you're actually helping the whole human ancestral family tree of life. Mm. So that it's not just helping this one family system, as we say in family systemic constellations that Bert Hellinger started, you know, you have a breakthrough in one family system. And then as Rupert Sheldrake said, through morphogenetic fields, right, you can then be assisting all the fractal healing in all these other family systems around the planet that technically don't even know each other. Mm-hmm. So it's the purity of the intent. And so if you go back to PMA Chatwater's research on childhood near-death experiences, like I didn't need to have that experience. It wasn't like a lesson. So mm-hmm. do you see the context? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in, in Buddhism, they have the archetype of a bodhisattva. And bodhisattvas, we don't have karma, right? We come to be of service. So it's kind of like that bodhisattva consciousness scanned the planet and said, okay, so where does humanity need the most help? And they zoned in on this family system. And then they asked, you know, do we have anybody willing to go and assist with those issues, unresolved issues? And then I was recruited. I was chosen because I had the potency to stay the course, as you would say, two near-death experiences and five walk-ins, a lot of territory to navigate. Mm -hmm. And yet really the way we can talk about this most fluidly is to reference one of your other speakers, Dr. Irvin Laszlo, who talks about the science and the Akashic field, Mm -hmm. right? Or Amit Amit Goswami, who talks about quantum physics. The only way that we can actually talk about my experiences means that we glean from the wisdom of your other speakers that I am just a manifestation of this brilliant awareness of the quantum unified field that was scanning all what we would call those timelines to see what could bring in the medicine of love, to bring love where love has never been before. Does that translate? It it makes perfect sense. I want to ask you two questions before we continue, because you brought up two very interesting ideas that I have not really tackled before on the show. Bloodlines and the the Buddhist Murifasafa. I can't forgive me. (laughs) A Bodhisattva. A Bodhisattva. The Bodhisattva. I do the best I can. Um, So both (laughs) of those concepts. One, because a lot of people don't understand the bloodline issue, the bloodline idea where there are bloodlines of people who are channels or are, are psychic mediums or or just come from a long line of you know people that they help the 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 earth and things like that yeah but there is there is a genetic aspect to it. and i love what you said you're like hey guys there's a bloodline down here uh <laughs> does anybody want to jump in because this bloodline <laughs> needs so there is this like I hate to say like it's almost kind of like that whoever's born to that bloodline is going to be given these gifts because of the genetic the genetic makeup of the bloodline here 
on earth in this in this dimension does that make is that a, make sense as an explanation yes and right the avatar behind you the yogi mm-hmm. right yes yogananda. yogananda this is also yogic lineages so it works mm-hmm. both ways right so i incarnated into a family line that had many many issues of separation and duality and polarity which are best highlighted right now by this beautiful film on the planet called Sound of Freedom, which goes worldwide mm-hmm. starting mm-hmm. September 1st about the neutralization of right child and human sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as this beautiful real life story exemplifies, it is many generations deep. It's one of the oldest industries on the planet. And it's the number one grossing black market industry in the history of the human species. So mm. we're looking at manifesting this new earth paradigm that's based on love's universal force and love's universal presence. And fair to say human and sex trafficking is anti-love, right? Or the opposite, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Of that bodhisattva loving compassion. So a bodhisattva is like a guanyin. A bodhisattva is like a Buddha. A bodhisattva is like a Yeshua, you know, like the mm-hmm. avatars, there are the, the bodhisattvas, because they come to purify density. And so I came to purify that density where many, many, many millions of children have been harmed on this planet and there was no champion, right? So in other interviews, it's like I'm a guardian for the children. Got it. And so when I died in that near-death experience at age four, Technically, my biological age is four years old. My consciousness, though, is extremely ancient, ancient, Mm -hmm. ancient. And so when my life was temporarily forfeited, right, I played the part of like a Frodo. So they call Mm -hmm. me like a female Frodo. I was wearing that ring of power around my neck. And in that first near-death experience, it was like, you know, Frodo booking to you know, the fires of Mount Doom to return that ring of power. Basically, human and sex trafficking is just the abuse of power. Mm. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And what keeps the human race and separation consciousness are misuses of power. Yeah, of course. So my assignment, right, for all of my near-death experiences and all of my walk-ins is just there is a divine plan for the rebalance of power on the planet. That rebalance of power is through two frequencies, which is the manifestation of divine love and the manifestation of divine grace. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think that love is enough. Well, yeah, love is the most potent and powerful force in all of creation. What I got to experience through all of my deaths, right, and upgrades is embodied love is made possible through the laws of grace. Mm-hmm. So all the avatars will say, yes, love is real. However, how much do we embody, right, on a biological cellular level, that love frequency? So basically, I'm just a pioneer for biological ascension, if you've ever used that term in any mm-hmm. of your podcasts. Ascension isn't actually going to ground on the planet until it happens through full soul embodiment. Mm -hmm. 
And therefore you could say each time that I died, which were really difficult deaths, not fun, right? Human and sex trafficking is quite brutal, right? Very mm -hmm. ruthless. So I showed up as the proof that miracles are real and that love does care about these children that are being murdered, you know, worldwide used, abused, murdered, and nobody knew how to stand up to those well-organized crime. You right. see what I'm saying? So we looked at like, all right, what's, what are we going to do to take care of the mafia on the whole planet? Right. So we're going to bring in some really gifted uh, frequencies of multi-dimensional love and multi-dimensional grace. And, you know, I'm special agent, <laughs> you know, Rev and Debbie so Grace. You know, I'm I'm really a, a holy warrior. <laughs> and I went, you know, set my people free, kind of like a female Moses. You can't bring through that assistance though without going through the experience. Right. So okay. I I died all the ways that all these other kids die and don't make it. The one caveat was that I was gonna be surgically right, brought back to life to prove that miracles are real. And that the human race hasn't been abandoned by that so, level of divine intervention. So let's take it to the beginning then in regards to your near-death experiences. Now that we have the context, which was very important to lay out, can oh, you yeah. talk a little bit about your first near-death experience? Yes. So basically, you know, my air supply was, was cut off, right? Mm -hmm. I was inside of what you would call an ancient ritual. And that focus of that ritual is to claim the life of the child so that you can take all the life force. So before, so, like, before so before we go there, how did you get there? You usually like, yeah, like how, were, how were you, did you have parents? How did you like? Well, how? yeah, I had parents. However, like we said, you know, a lot of these issues have been repeating their cycles. So sure. an ancestral imprint means that that family has had that core wound for many, many generations, right? Family so karma, it wasn't, like a, like it a wasn't karma. ancestral karma. Ancestral karma, thank you. So many kids in this family line had been subjected to those torments, so to speak. Mm. And it was just kind of like on a guinea pig repeat mode. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't about, you know, what were my experiences of death at age four? It's like, if you look at all of the generations that came before me, there's a lot of people that didn't make it. I wasn't the first murder in my family line. There had been family murders in the, the collateral damage of multiple generations of mm -hmm. just examples of the breakdown of where we lost safety, right? In mm -hmm. the family unit. And for those of you that realize ancestral wounds, when there is a reoccurring challenge, then it gets entrenched in the DNA mm -hmm. or the mm -hmm. cellular memory. So I was just an echo at age four of what had already happened in the ancestral catalog, right? Mm -hmm. Many, many, many generations ago. So the children that are born or innocent and there's all of these unfinished issues in the family right mm. like catalog of life experiences and a lot of them are very unpleasant like you had anna christina right mm. who was murdered by her husband and so when i met her i was like 
sister, see what I mean? Because if she did her ancestral family tree of life uh, assessment or, you know, reading, as we say, then she would see that she's not the first in that family system to have that issue. Right. And also it's kind of like addiction in a, in a family issue or abuse in a family issue in, in a family. Like it's yes. just generational. It's generous. Like if you were beaten, you're multi-generational. Be, if you were drunk or you had addiction issues, chances are your family, your other parts of your family would have it too. Unless the yes. cycle stops, unless the cycle, someone breaks the cycle. Which is why I was recruited. I was mm-hmm. recruited to dissolve that recapitulation, as they say, in okay. Toltec shamanism. Now, Oracle Girl basically called it uh, the neutralization of child sacrifice on the planet. You know, big stuff. And so it's a frequency. It's an abuse frequency. And that's what Harvest is, as you saw in Harry Potter, like J.K. Rawlings, right? Mm -hmm. Those Death Eaters, they just suck Mm -hmm. the life force, right, out of the person. Mm And, you know, she, she channeled all that in, all that stuff happens and everyone thinks it's fantasy. Well, where do you think those ideas, right, of alchemical magic came from? So, okay, so let's, so let's go into your, into your near-death experience. Now that I have more context now, yeah. now we can go to your near-death experience. Okay. <laughs> so I found out my shamanic gifts like Harry Potter, right? When Harry Potter experienced that, um, you know, conflict with Voldemort in the crib, right? Mm-hmm. I, I was the child who lived. Mm-hmm. So I'm like a female Harry Potter and I'm going up against Voldemort. Mm-hmm. Do, do, do you see the myth? Mm-hmm. And so it's like my other levels of consciousness, which are, you know, really, really high level avatars are like, this is just a temporary gift that she's making. It's not my karma, right? It's not my lesson. So I shape shifted into like this dragon Mm. inside of that death ritual and reactivated through a Kundalini awakening inside of the death cycle, right? This, we call it the butterfly medicine and shamanism of transfiguration. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so on the other side of the veil, after crossing over, I get escorted, you know, through all of these beautiful you know, wormholes and like stargates through this universal tree of life. And I got shuttled right through stargates and taken into this huge ancestral council with all of these luminous, radiant beings of divine, benevolent intelligence. And they're like, so how's it going on planet earth? And I'm like, you know, a little rough down there. And so I was asked to give a deposition, right? Or like translate. So what's going on with the male and female energy for that species? You know, what are we dealing with now that we sent you in? You know, what's going on? Because from their perspective, the cause of death was the imbalance of power between the masculine and feminine principles on the whole planet. Mm-hmm. Cause of death is right inequity and therefore we looked at the true cause of death is analogous to big word the core wound of the species Mm. of where the divine feminine right took a hit and where the divine masculine took a hit 
And then it showed up in the loss of the divine father principle in the family mm -hmm. system and the loss of the divine mother principle in the family system. So all humans are innocent, right? A family system wouldn't harm itself. That's not our true nature. So we have to look at, so where did this actually come from? So I'm there in council, right? With millions of ancestors and they're all studying the problem, right? What is the true cause of her death, right? Because I was sent in in the pre-birth planning councils to find the solution. And therefore, I was granted all of the assistance even before I was born or granted all of the assistance before I died to bring in the solution to the problem. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Therefore, I could really use my power of clarity. Like you sent me in to fix this thing. So Let's roll up our sleeves and let's get going. And so we stayed in what you would call deliberations of council meeting after council meeting until we got to the core nugget of where the male and female energies got off balanced. And then, right, it was agreed. All right, well, we can't do this all at once. So here's the comedy. So we're going to schedule five walk-ins because it would be too much for a human body to bring this solution in all at one go mm -hmm. so we had the strategy of like so we're going to do this in five upgrades and eventually you're going to bring in this antidote to the poison the poisonous separation the antidote is the divine marriage mm -hmm. <laughs> however it may sound funny it's not like a romanticized notion of the divine marriage this mm -hmm. is the highest frequency of the divine feminine which is a magnetic charge and the highest frequency of the divine masculine, which is an electric charge and the sacred marriage of the union of a quantum unified electromagnetic field that opens up, right? Multidimensional plasma. And you're going to start downloading, right? A quantum unified field into your physical human body, which vibrates at the frequency of source code. Mm. and there's this like funny science fiction film so if you haven't seen you know source code go watch that movie and you'll know what we're talking about and then because we're so conscientious about ensuring that this is going to work we ran on the other side in my quote-unquote end-of-life review which is an ancestral council millions of timelines millions of timelines like researchers like galactic researchers right with all of the ascended masters assisting mind you right mm -hmm. find us the path of grace find us the organic timeline where this whole thing works and we clear the abuse of power on the entire planet mm -hmm. and then we'll send her back in so that would be years and years and years and years of the best of the best the highest talent you got like you know, in dream team, you know, like the Avengers, the dream team, the sure. best of the best. And <clears throat> so I kid you not, souls have incarnated on the planet after my near death experience, right? Feel quantum timelines. Like, hey, I know you, you were in council meeting. I wasn't going to incarnate, but because of you, right? We knew we needed to bring in those other recruits. They weren't even born yet. 
<laughs> so they find me on this planet, right? And they're like, hey, I incarnated because of you in that council meeting. And I just giggle and I go like, well, hey, you know, you got this amazing gift. So you're here. So let's co-create. So it's really this cooperative investment in this mm. epic, like, collaboration of consciousness that as I re-entered, I didn't just re-enter as a human female. I re-entered with all of these recruits of all of these unborn kids that weren't even conceived yet to come together and build a real Jedi council. So yeah. I am actually Jedi lineage. If you do your research, <laughs> I, the Star Wars borrowed J-E-D-I Jedi from Egyptian Jedi, D-J-E-D-H-I, and we are divine warriors. It's a divine warrior that stands up for the principle of love, right? It's not sure, power sure. over. It's like a keto, right? Or the benevolent samurai. I cannot use my power, right? To enforce my will upon another. I can only use my Jedi abilities in order to literally humbly be of service to that which honors and upholds the Jedi code, which is the highest and best good for all life and living. <laughs> so, so that's a that's a lot to decompress. Uh, <laughs> it's a, definitely a lot to decompress without question. So, you come back after that near death experience. You went through the the Council of Elders, this, this giant Council of Elders, if you will. Life, yes. you came came back into life. You came back to life. Um, from that moment you came back to your second near-death experience, how old were you in your second one? Ten. Okay. And then how was life, generally speaking, as you know, a five, six, seven, eight-year-old? How much do <laughs> with, you know? With magical gifts, yes. I, I, I was an anomaly, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I didn't fit in. It was like, she's different. Well, yeah, she's not from here. Mm -hmm. So there's one more translation that I can share that will assist this to land mm -hmm. and it's also been verified by uh cornelius christopher who's out of new zealand his lineage mm -hmm. is called coherence healing or one mm -hmm. and so i already knew this and so he goes into what you would call your consciousness lineage and he was like oh isn't that brilliant you had your future self walk in to your four-year-old near-death experience <laughs> and I was like, bingo, bingo, bingo. So when I came back, I had all of this knowledge from the future now. I have future memory, right? Which is a very advanced skill set. And so it made me, you know, ancient or, you know, wise beyond my years. Therefore, I wasn't a four year old and I had future memory. And I had the database of the Council of Elders. So I'm mm -hmm. walking around this kind of like, you know, a, a star child. It's not from here. <laughs> sure. And it's on mission to right, um, bring through the redemption of matter. What we mean by the redemption of matter is the spirit of our consciousness fully taking up residence in our body. Mm -hmm. The manifestation of heaven on earth is the body fully trusting itself with its spirit to trust your body with your spirit, which is Tantra yoga, mm -hmm. which means the, the vibration of our eternal spirit fully coming into embodied wholeness or embodied sovereignty in this vessel 
called the body temple. So I brought back when I died and came back all of these huge frequencies of light. Mm. And that's what started healing the damaged DNA. Okay. Now the metaphor, because see, working right storytelling go see the last mimsy i'm that girl in the last mimsy so i came back from the future right with the solution to heal right our broken dna and remember they built the rainbow bridge and you know remember Mm -hmm. she's the mother of civilization hi Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) so i'm that little girl and then when i saw the last mimsy i went that's it that's what i did you know but do you see the last Mimsy screenwriters brought in that screenplay after I had this near death experience. So it was in the collective morphogenetic field for somebody that's that creative to see that story and tell it through the art form of, which you know so well, filmmaking. And I, I, I interviewed the, the screenwriter of the last Mimsy there you uh, go. as well. So I'm, I'm familiar with the struggles of getting that movie on this big screen. It took a, Basically, just took some somebody with a lot of power in Hollywood to just say, "I'm making this movie," and I don't care what anyone says. And they make it, and they made it. So it was a really interesting story on how that movie got made. So uh, your second near death experience. Tell me how that goes. So then the second near death experience is kind of like you know when you you go back to headquarters, you know, like the Navy SEALs or the Army mm-hmm. Rangers, right? The elite, <laughs> you know, um, special forces that was like intake of like, okay, so what's the status, right, of our initiative, um, because the the violence hadn't stopped, right? So we're like doing this intake, okay, six years later, um, you know, where are we at, like, like, field assessment. And so basically, they're like, well, okay, so you're receiving the energy of the Divine Mother pretty well, which is the Gayatri frequency, Well, that's great, but your body's not really letting in the divine father frequency. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And so we got to, we got to amplify bringing more of that divine masculine vibration or recipe ingredient. And so in the, the second near death experience, they took me through even more mysterious stargates Mm -hmm. right and then we we transcended the level of what you would call the ancestral realms and then we went up into pure creation fields which Mm -hmm. are responsible right for oversight of our entire galaxy Mm -hmm. and so we just you know up level like okay we're going to look at this situation now thank you ancestors moving on and then we moved into this inquiry because all pure hypothesis is, right? <laughs> you can miraculously rebalance the power on a whole planet, kind of large initiative. So these creation councils stayed with that infinite curiosity of like, so what do we need now? Mm-hmm. We realize it's already done because we've already run millions of timelines. So what is the ingredient that's necessary right here, right now? to accomplish this future success. Mm -hmm. So it's reverse engineering. And then it was like, okay, we got to bring through the frequency of the divine father. Great. All right. They scanned all the lineages on the planet. They said, 
So what has the highest frequency of the divine masculine is Excalibur. So we went straight into the Avalon lineages, Excalibur and the Holy Grail, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and cosmic Christ consciousness, right? The divine masculine, like cosmic Christos. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, great, do, 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 right? Like, like Star Trek on the holodeck, right? So we mm-hmm. punched up the code. They're like, Great. So can it install Excalibur in her body, which mm-hmm. is a, a symbol, a universal symbol for cosmic Christ consciousness. Great. Mm-hmm. That's what's needed. Then I get sent back in, right, with that frequency, which in Sanskrit is called the divine union, hence Samavesha. Mm-hmm. And the divine mother frequency of the first near-death experience technically went through this alchemical ceremony with the divine father frequency just basically bringing in Excalibur and the Holy Grail into my dead body, just to keep the mission on track. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And so this may sound really bizarre. However, we have said in morphogenetic field physics, truth is stranger than fiction. These mm-hmm. are archetypes. And these archetypes are very real if you can embody, right? If you can raise your vibratory frequency on that river to actually bring down an archetype that huge into a human body to keep things on track. So with the second near death, what actually happened in the next second near death experience? Was it? Oh, technically I committed suicide. Um, it was like the issue of the human and sex trafficking, like wasn't resolving itself. And so, you know, the first near death experience at 10 years old. Yeah. Well, then I'm like a genius, 10 years old. We're not 10 years old. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was asphyxiated to death and the first near death experience and the second near death experience, I kind of threw a temper tantrum of like, I'm not staying right in the false matrix. I was, I'm like Trinity. I knew it was a false matrix and I threw a temper tantrum and I said, get me out of this false matrix because I came here to be a catalyst for change and I don't see any change. So I'm going back home like a stubborn, right? So a little, (laughs) a little bit, 10 year old, a little bit, (laughs) but but, you know, I was like, I'm not doing this because it's not working. Right. Mm. It felt like we weren't making any progress. So I overdosed on, what do you call it? A Benadryl, so I would like put myself out to sleep, aspirin and Tylenol, which would create the toxic reaction. So I put myself like I was sleeping beauty and I went to you know, the sleep of death, right? Mm-hmm. So then we die and they're like, uh-oh, she's really pissed. So I was so mad and I can laugh at it now, but I was like, you promised that we were yeah. going to clean up this mess and I'm not seeing, you know, progress, mm-hmm. Right. Because I wasn't seeing anybody else in the family system being brave enough to stand up to the abuse frequencies. Mm. You see what I mean? For those six years, somebody on the planet could have done what the sound of freedom is all about. Mm. But nobody in the family system had enough courage to do what Tim Ballard did. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? And I, I was working from the framework of like, come on, we need a hero. So I was like, where's my hero that's going to stop the cycle? The thing is, um, Alex, we don't have time in the other dimensions. Right. So if we had the sound of freedom 
back in the 1970s and 1980s, then I could have been liberated. Mm. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just hadn't happened yet. Yeah, well, the consciousness wasn't high enough to even think about something like that. It's barely high enough now. Yes. So that was my impatience of like attempting to take matters into my own hands. I'm going to go back and give them a piece of my mind because this isn't, this isn't, you know, as promised, shall we say. Mm. Got it. All right. So that makes sense. And so, you know, they, they didn't really call it a, a suicide because children that have near-death experiences, and of course, Dr. PMA Shotwater has, has documented this, we think, I'm just going back home. Right. It's not a child that's taking its life. You don't identify with this reality as your home. I'm like, I'm just going to go back home. Do you know how many childhood near-death experiences, right, attempt to, right? Right. Um, take their own lives. So PMH Outwater, I kid you not, this is social service right now, communication. If your child has had a near-death experience and they start having issues of feeling homesick, parents do not underestimate how smart these children are. Okay. Mm -hmm. They yeah, can yeah, step yeah. in they can step in front of a, a running train to go back sure. home. Sure. Because they don't know that this too they don't know that the earth plane can become their home right APMA, yeah pm was on the show and she spoke a lot about that kind of stuff yeah so it's not like you know you're taking your life you're just fighting to get back to home so you see the difference i do so reverend debbie right now before we get into the walk-ins which i'm, I'm sure is going to go down another another path You've thrown a you've thrown a tremendous amount of information out in the in, in the short time that we've been speaking so far. Yeah. What and a lot of people listening might have not only trouble following it, trouble just even dealing with it or accepting it. What do you have to say to somebody who's listening to this? And I mean, and just goes, Yeah, this is a little too much. This is a little way out there. There's a lot going on. Can you can you say something to kind of bring it to a place where somebody that is thinking that right now yeah. can go, oh, okay, I get what she's trying to say. Because you, I mean, I'm very yes. experienced in this space. Uh, I've talked <laughs> to a lot of people. Look at all the interviews that you've done. Right. right? I'm, I, everything you've said, I've caught for the yeah. most part. I yeah. understand where you're coming from, but I'm thinking myself because I always think of myself as the audience. So as I'm like, yeah, you know, some people, this is going to fly over people's heads. Some people will just dismiss it. And I, and I know what you're trying to do. So is there yeah. anything you can talk to those people who are listening right now going, she seems yes. to be a little bit off the reservation here. Can we, yes. can we bring something down? Yeah. Well, let's, let's ground this in terms of what is the nature of a true revolutionary? Mm -hmm. This right here that you and I are having is a revolutionary conversation. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm going to give you a huge compliment. Okay. We, we scoped interviewers on the planet and you were selected. You, mm -hmm. Alex, were selected because of all the interviewers that you've had before this conversation. Mm -hmm. See? So mm -hmm. in recognition of who you be, this is even why we're having this revolutionary discussion because you have interviewed all these other specialists and all these other experts and all these other authors. So therefore in all naked honesty, you have this library, you have this collection of speakers. 
I will only make sense, right, if people give it time to land through the principle of cooperation, which means that this interview in what you would call the timeline of August 2023 mm-hmm. is only possible because of all the interviews that you've had up until this now moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, if and you were episode if you were episode number one, I would have been like, whoa, I, right. I and that's the thing. I, because of the amount of information I've already studied <laughs> on my own and also the people I've talked to, I mean, we've at this point, we're at over episode 300. Uh, so we've done over 300 episodes of talking to these kind of people. So I, I grasped everything you said, yes. but a lot of people so, are still, I see what you're now, saying. You have to look at it as a library. The principle is patience. Do people have the patience to then now cross-reference your library if they're truly curious? We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Right? To enter into brave new frontiers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how am I any different than the radical, you know, proposition that any massive demarcation of human advancement that we've ever had in the history mm-hmm. of the species has been initially met with resistance. Everyone. <laughs> Therefore, skepticism is healthy, mm-hmm. right? Um, resistance is normal. And, you know, like confusion is par for the course. Mm-hmm. I am that much of a visionary, right? that all visionaries of this magnitude are initially met like Einstein with like, what? Mm. It's like a female Einstein here, right? And mm. do you think anybody understood Einstein at first? No, I understand what you're it's, saying. it's through willingness, right? Curiosity and patience. So if somebody would like to be brave, right? And like the Star Trek logo into brave new frontiers right here, as brave new frontier, it would require one to transcend the known, which takes a lot of courage because it would mean the humility of the human identity to admit, oh, maybe I don't know everything there is to know. Maybe I'm a novice in this conversation and that's not a judgment. Maybe that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. So if I can instill the presence or the principle of curiosity when we're looking at a revolutionary conversation that is a, a massive advancement in human awareness and species mm-hmm. evolution, it's going to require multiple interviews, right? I have many books to write. So I'm okay if this doesn't actually translate, like for maybe like two or three more years. Who cares? We're getting the process started today because there is no time. I'm in this for the long game. I don't need people to comprehend what I'm saying today. However, I can guarantee you millions of people are grateful in the future because we're having this conversation today. Think Mm -hmm. of, you know, the Avengers, you know, the, the multiverse, you know, I came back from the multiverse. So if somebody doesn't have the basics of quantum mechanics, right, this isn't going to translate right now. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, because of my understanding, my rudimentary understanding of quantum mechanics and quantum physics and having multiple hour long conversation with quantum physicists 
about this and spirituality, I can grasp a lot of these these ideas. But you're right. This is this is a at a different level conversation, and you really do need to go back to my archives and watch other people watch Tom Campbell with about quantum physics and spirituality. Yes. Watch PM Atwater, uh, PMH Atwater. Watch uh, Robert Schwartz. There's so many different people that will kind of fill in some of the holes in your understanding of this conversation. And guess who did his work with me in the writing of a second book? Robert Schwartz is a client of mine, yeah. right? So that's how I know a lot of your presenters because they've been clients of mine. Hint, hint, <laughs> wink, wink. Okay. Right. So my service is impeccable. Robert Schwartz basically said, oh my God, I can't even comprehend how she works with the pre-birth planning councils until you know he read uh, I Remember Union, right? Mm -hmm. Which is a book from another girlfriend of mine. And, you know, he was just blown away. And that was in 2010, 2011. And when he was writing, you know, Your Soul's Gift. So, yes, read Robert Schwartz series. I have the endorsement of great visionaries like Robert Schwartz who have trained with me. Like she is off the charts in terms of the clarity of the big picture, yeah. <laughs> right? Of how do you step onto your destiny path that may sound like it's complete and total science fiction, because even for Robert Schwartz, look at how much he's respected now. When he came to me for help, he hadn't put all the pieces of the puzzle together yet. So I am like that ancient wise one, right? I'm the archetype of the oracle. And I sat there for Robert Schwartz and many like him, right? Many mm -hmm. gifted authors and helped them put the pieces of the big puzzle together in terms of how our deepest wounds actually become our greatest successes. If you stay on the path of the hero's journey, as Joseph Campbell would say, mm -hmm. right? Or Maureen Murdoch, the heroine's journey, mm -hmm. right? I've had, her on, I've so, had her on the both of them. I had yeah. experts on both of them on this show. Yeah. So, you know, I'm like Ray Skywalker. I'm the archetype of the prime Jedi. So you literally are not interviewing a fantasy. Sure. I'm Ray Skywalker. I'm the yeah. prime Jedi. And sure. I am a part of the twin dyad. So mm -hmm. legends transmit universal truths, right? Because in shamanic ancestral wisdom, the storytellers are the ones that paint the picture of what's possible. And therefore people require healthy imagination to hear a message that is so at the level of legendary. Mm. I am here to fulfill on a legacy and do not act as an individual and all the great teachers and all the great avatars and all the great lineages that have come before us stand with me. They are my cohorts in this endeavor. That's nothing less than freedom for the mm -hmm. human race, because you've got to transcend the fear patterns and replace it with embodied love. All so, that I've ever done, right. Is to yeah. meet those experiences of fear and rewrite recode with manifestation of higher vibration of love so let's get into the murky waters of the walk-in uh <laughs> this is a very interesting concept can you explain to people who don't understand what a walk-in soul is or walk-ins are uh can you explain just shortly what it is there's an organization on the planet that was started by ruth montgomery mm -hmm. and it was called walk-ins for evolution mm -hmm. again the 
we call it in the divine child is the suspension of disbelief. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to take an exploration of what's possible through the principle of suspension of disbelief, mm-hmm. right? So that puts the ego mind to sleep. And can you stay in infinite curiosity? That's what's required. Grace pass. And Star Trek basically said, it's our job and our responsibility to navigate brave new frontiers. Walk-in is just an archetype of what Dr. Yvonne Kaysen, right, from Spiritual Awakenings International. You've already interviewed her. She's, right, another friend of mine out of Canada. These are just spiritually transformative experiences. Who cares if you call it an NDE or a walk-in? She on the planet coined the human race is going through spiritually transformative experiences. That's a really big category. That can include out-of-body experiences. That can include, remember the film, Interstellar, right? Future self, right? Coming to help, right? The issue with the daughter in this timeline, go watch Interstellar, right? This conversation Mm -hmm. will make way more sense. Do you see why you were also chosen as a filmmaker? Mm -hmm. Not only will people benefit from going to your archives, people will benefit from actually revisiting these films. Mm -hmm. And get into the mind of what it takes to be a visionary filmmaker because they have already demonstrated all of this. Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Last Mimsy, Star Wars, Harry Potter, <laughs> You Catch My Drift. These are epic legends. Well, guess what? The legends are real inside of our hearts, right? Avalon, Camelot, Holy Grail. Like we're bringing the mythic truth, the mythic reality into this physical space-time continuum that right there is the journey of the hero that right there is the journey of the shiro so i'm bringing legendary wisdom into this reality a walk-in is nothing more than a spiritually transformative experience so then i've my understanding of of a walk-in is that one soul leaves another soul comes into the body and that's only that's mm-hmm. only one category. Right? Okay. Uh-huh. That's why I wanted to, or desired. Open it's it got up. Ground STEs, right? Don't know what we're sure. talking about. Go check out Dr. Yvonne Kaysen, sure. uh, SAI International. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. A walk-in can happen through a soul exchange. Right because of the multidimensionality of consciousness. Mm -hmm. Now, my walk-in is basically, like I said, an aspect of my oversoul. Right. You haven't heard of the metaphysical term oversoul. It's basically saying that the human personality died and an aspect of my highest self came in, right? And traded places right? Mm -hmm. Human self down for the count. (laughs) Highest self oversoul recruited, brought into, right? This pivotal juncture in the missions timeline. Mm. And therefore you could say, do do you see it? It's my future self that hopped in through the near death experience. My walk-in is my future self, right? Time traveling through the wormholes. 
<laughs> so, wait a minute. so stop for a second stop for a second because people you start losing people and this is what i i kind of i try to bring it down to a place where people understand is the what you're talking about is the concept that there is no time and that the past quote-unquote past and future are all happening at the exact same time so all of our lifetimes even lifetimes that we would consider in the past are happening at this moment this is a very ancient idea from the Vedic, uh, Vedic traditions, yoga yes. traditions, and many other traditions around the world. So yes. what you're saying is that Matthew McConaughey from Interstellar from a future version comes back, quote unquote, back in our timeline here to back help to the future. It comes back to the future, essentially, to help the situation that is going on at this moment. Uh, your head's yes. going to start to hurt as we continue to talk because this does it does start to strain the brain because our computer, <laughs> our computer is really not great hardware. Our mind, yeah, not so great far. hardware to understand so far to understand these concepts. These concepts are we're now getting into the deep, 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 far ocean of quantum physics and yes. really deep spiritual ideas and concepts that are now meeting with quantum physics and quantum mechanics. So that's where you're talking about. So your walk-ins were future versions of yourself coming in to kind of upgrade you it's kind of like if i would go back if i go back and i was a 16 year old with the brain that i have now the damage i could cause uh (laughs) (laughs) are you kidding uh you know know, matthew j fox's character in back to the future coming back to help himself right yeah right yeah 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 exactly because yeah exactly in the second have a playful context a right. more advanced version of myself came in walked in to a less advanced version of myself that was stuck in very deep thick murky ancestral karma right it was like uh in the uh if i if i can marvel it out for a second in uh yeah. avengers Endgame, yes the, all of them came back i think uh the old, the, the the more advanced Captain America, like in yes. the timeline, came back and had to fight his current version of the first Avengers. And he's like, oh, you're just, you just really, really the same line again. And I, so like, yeah, I could do this all day. I know, I know, I know. So it was that kind of thing. It was kind of there to help the situation. So we're doing, we're having a little fun here with the movie, uh, movie references, but it's hopefully kind of it translates, picturing, it translates yeah. a little bit better to what you did. So these walk-ins you had were not this traditional soul swap. It was more of yourself coming in and upgrading. These are That's a concept I've heard in in Ascended Masters um, so. myths. And who had his first walk-in? I have no idea. Siddhartha became sure. Buddha. Buddha. Yeah, exactly. So, right? Yeshua became... Christos. Right. And and okay. so on. And so if so you on. research Ascended Master lineage, they are walk-ins. And right. they are all, right? Star avatars. Mm-hmm. Coming in to saying? try to help. Yeah, I understand. Coming exactly in to help the human race. So we got a long history of very gifted, right? Multi-dimensional consciousness working with the human baseline. Human personality, baseline frequency. Upgrade, mm-hmm. baseline. The human identity is just the personality. We are so much more. Therefore, every single mm. spiritually transformative experience is just to 
like transmit to the human race, you are so much more than your human identity. So we're going to blow the mind of the human identity listening. Mm. The personality can't grok it. Stranger in a strange land. The consciousness can. You see what we're getting at? Let go of the attachment to the human identity, then you can walk in this kind of a discussion so with more if, ease and grace. So I would say for for the older the older crowd listening to me, meaning <laughs> my, my age or older, um, <laughs> the body and the human consciousness is a floppy disk, yeah. where consciousness is the internet. Yeah, it's so much more information that you can grasp where the floppy. <laughs> very limited comparatively to the vastness of it as an example of what we're talking about you know universal consciousness or you know tapping into that is the equivalent of the, the internet is the closest thing we have to that here it's just like all information all the time everywhere and brave new frontiers right now is mm-hmm. not computer tech it's consciousness tech mm-hmm Therefore, think of all the future generations that are going to find this interview and go like, those two are brilliant, just way ahead of our time. That's all. A visionary is just ahead of their time. And yet future generations, they're going to find these archives and they go like, they figured it out ahead of the curve. Well, I mean, Yeshua was that way. Exactly. I mean, when Yeshua showed up, I mean, what did they? <laughs> the poor guy had a rough time, um, but <laughs> And but so did he, Siddhartha. Nobody understood. Siddhartha. Like, what, what happened to Siddhartha? Well, I mean, the right? same thing for you could say about Yogananda. You could say it from a lot yeah, of these, yeah, yeah. these these kind of ascended masters who le- elevated humanity in one way, yeah. shape, or form. And and some I mean, we talk about Yeshua and 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 uh, Siddhartha, who are ancient and really no one. There's no footage of them. But you look yeah. at someone like Yogananda, you know, he yeah. died in the 1900s and there is footage of him and there is the books that he wrote and he was a walking talk and the the actions that he was able to do to bring the the East to the West, yoga, meditation that was all introduced by Yogananda. Mm-hmm. It's not, he didn't change the world, but he changed the world. And totally. I, you know what I mean? He like, he didn't change the world, but he changed the world with these ideas, just a basic. He left a blueprint. Exactly. And now you look back and you go, oh God, that guy was talking That's about a... meditation. And Pioneer. <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the roaring 20s? Like, are you, can you imagine an Indian with a turban walking around New York talking about meditation and that the power is within you in the 20s? Yes. That's exactly yes. what he did. Yeah. So you look back at those kind of things. So that's what you're talking about. Now people looking back at this, he was way yeah. ahead of his time, but yeah. all revolutionary ideas are ahead of their time because they just don't go. They just like, you know, how many people, how many people are like the car is a fad. The horses really is where it's <laughs> at. I mean, I mean, horses. Or what don't... the heck is a steam engine or what the heck is a cell phone or what the heck is the internet? There's all these progressive revolutions. Now, my willingness to strategically position this is that I work through partnerships and alliances. Mm-hmm. So I am a member of the Ancestors Within Alliance. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So my experience is now couched 
within the ancestors within movement on the entire planet. Mm-hmm. Or my experience is couched within um, spiritual awakenings, international cohorts, colleagues, right? Mm-hmm. Presenters, luminaries, visionaries, cultural creatives. I do not present my ideas as an isolated individual perspective. I strategically position all of my presentations as I am a member of an alliance here with all of these messengers collaborating together to bring this awareness forward in right that principle of collaboration or co-participation. Mm-hmm. Not my voice, it's our voice. I'm a we here, right? Mm-hmm. All these other authors stand with me, right? Or right. organization beyond being human. Right. Mm-hmm. I stand with other messengers and all our pieces are like a mosaic. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. My piece makes more sense if you can actually appreciate the beauty, the artwork of a mosaic. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like there's a a palette here, right? I'm one of the paints that's being applied to the canvas. My piece of the divine plan will not make sense if you don't have like all of these other ancestral authors, right? Right, That have made their contributions for the advancement of human consciousness. Now here's the bold, right? Challenge. Do people want to play small Mm -hmm. and keep the planet where it's at? Or do you like to play big and go into bold, brave frontiers. It's like only the brave heart, right? Scotland, that man was a radical. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Brave and everybody heart, looks yeah. back, you know, yeah. at the dude's a hero. They thought he was crazy. Like, what do you mean you're going to take on England? They're not messing with my people anymore. It was well, Gandhi, tremendous. Gandhi, Gandhi against, yes. I mean, one man took down the British Empire. One small, one very small Indian man took down the British Empire. He had a lot of help, though. Yes, but but it started with him. He's the inspiration. Yeah. So Gandhi did not publicly discuss the way I'm publicly discussing with you now, the multidimensional upgrades that he received in order to accomplish that mission. There are actually... There are actually far more occurrences of walk-ins than people have actually openly discussed. Sure. One of the most famous walk-ins is Abraham Lincoln. Mm. Okay. If you have a really big mission, okay, and you get stuck in any point of that mission, it was said that if Abraham Lincoln did not complete his mission, our country would have gone into chaos from the Mm -hmm. wreckage of those civil wars. It was therefore divinely deemed absolutely necessary that Abraham Lincoln receive an upgrade so we could have the version of Abraham Lincoln that we have on the planet now. Now, the other individual that people go like, huh, what happened to Gorbachev? Why did Gorbachev do this, you know, radical, right? Reorientation. Do you see if I name off all the walk-ins, you have a long list. These are uh, progressive leaders that are in very challenging, right? Roles or assignments. And if the mission is in jeopardy, and if that mission has to succeed in order to help the human race evolve, extra assistance is sent in. Hmm. Look at all of the other science fiction films 
right? Where they have to Groundhog Day, go back into that timeline, right? Bill Murray. Most spiritual movie of all time. And again, (laughs) right? So I had Groundhog Day in my end of life review. When you have a near-death experience, go to the International Association for Near-Death Studies, Mm -hmm. IONS, or ASSIST, American Center for the Integration of Spiritually Transformative Experiences. Look up the term end-of-life review. I was stuck in Groundhog Day in my end-of-life review. How are we going to fix this issue of the abuse of power? So you've got to realize that, you know, this Groundhog Day can be a a valuable asset if you think of it in terms of I am researching timelines and I have the grace right of infinite learning curve on the other side we ran every single timeline like Groundhog Day does it work this way no does it work this way no does it work this way no only until we found the timeline in my end of life review right which is the dispensation of grace that we were looking for. That Mm. dispensation of grace then identified she's going to need five upgrades. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You can call it a walk-in. That's jargon. It's gobbledygook. Mm. It's an advancement. It's a quantum leap in consciousness. Mm. Yeah. And And if somebody is humble enough, they're going to get excited about, oh, we have quantum leaps of consciousness that are possible. It's and what you said is very true that the advancement of humanity will not come from the external technology, though that will continue to grow, but only in service to the expansion of consciousness within the individual and within the species as a general statement, which in my opinion is been happening, but not fast enough. And there's things stopping it from continuing to grow. We are arguably in many ways treating ourselves differently than we did in the dark ages let's say you know so there has been advancements and you know the days of of yeshua walking the earth or the days of the egyptians or even farther back which is one of my favorite things to talk about is ancient civilizations ancient civilizations and things that go farther back than our timeline suggests our you know narrative that we talk about today suggests so we have been upgrading and then if you go into the yuga cycles we are actually coming out of the the, the dark ages. Our dark ages was the little yeah. bottom of that yuga, and now we're going back out. So of the have, kali yuga, yeah, yeah, the kali yuga, exactly. So we are now evolving, but we need some help. And it's Heck yeah, <laughs> but but I gotta say though, in the <laughs> scope of human existence, what has happened in the last two to three hundred years has been insane the speed monumental of i mean insane if you just want to talk about two or three hundred years but if you talk about the last two thousand years in the scope of humanity in the scope of this planet that's not even a blink that's not even a yeah. blink and what we've been able to do is pretty amazing but now we're getting to that breaking point where we need to either tipping you know, point we're at, the, we're at a tipping point that we need to we need to wake everybody up and it's that's the term waking everybody up to the power within themselves in the in the in the deep going it's what jesus was saying 2000 it's years what ago Everhar has said every, every, every <laughs> single ascended master avatar that's come to the planet has always said the power is within you 
And if you continue, that's where, that's why meditation is so important. That's why going inward for the answers is so important. Uh, and I think that is the next great jump, evolutionary jump of our species. And when we transcend that, that's when really interesting things are going to happen for the species, for the planet, and so on. So uh, I do appreciate the, you. The divinity within, right? Yes. And 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 to get away the name, from... The name of the game is the divinity within. Right. And to get away from this dogmic, you know, religious backgrounds and things like that, which for some people is still something that they need and that's fine. And if that brings you closer to God or to source, that's fine. But eventually, you know, like I, I literally just went three weeks, two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, I was in the Vatican and I wow. was, I was in uh, St. Peter's Basilica and I'm yes. walking around and I, I got to go down into the, um, the catacombs where the priest, yeah. where the where the popes are all uh, buried, and then yeah. I turn a corner and I go, oh look, there's 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 Saint Peter, yeah, <laughs> like, sa- like the Apostle Peter is there, like his 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 um his body is there, and I'm like interested, like I just was really blown away by that idea. But then you're walking around the the the, the Vatican City, you walk around the Vatican, and you see in a, the first thought that popped in my head was like wow this has such little to do with jesus it has nothing to do with his teachings it's all about the power of the organization and its own abuse of power that it's (laughs) let's not talk about the abuse of power of the church over the last 2000 years that's a human interpretation correct right and i have met one of the direct descendants of saint peter so i've i've assisted also or supported saint peter's bloodline right Mm -hmm. his descendant right? So the name of the game here is miracles are real. Yes. And the greatest advancement now is the technology of our consciousness. And thank heavens, we have the saving grace that we actually are multidimensional. So the bottom line, what's the takeaway? You can transform your core wound. Absolutely. the assistance of your multidimensional love because that core wound is not individual it is connected to ancestral issues and oh by the way it is connected to archetypal issues mm-hmm. so it behooves the human race to think outside of the box and for those that have the brave heart your consciousness will get the idea very clearly from this interview today that you can petition for miracles. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. It's leadership legacy, right? Through the manifestation of embodied divine miracles. A miracle is not a fantasy. It's our capacity to receive that gift of love and that the technology of miracles is genuinely real. And my whole story is just to prove that very point. The walk away from this whole conversation is technology of miracles is real. Got it. So can you be open to asking? Ask and it is given. If the human race doesn't know that you can ask for that grace, the laws of grace trump, supersede the laws of 
any concept of karma. The law of grace is stronger than any other manifestation of what you would call the thought form of a karmic blueprint. That is a radical game changer. Take that to the bank. That will free millions of souls on this planet, not to mention, right? Hundreds of thousands of family, right? Systems. If you believe that you already are worthy to receive the dispensation of grace, it is the manifestation of a divine miracle. Ask for it. Be the hero of your own life and know that the idea right, to even inquire what miracles are possible for me in my lifetime is coming from, like you say, power of the divine within. Reverend Debbie, this has, been such, this has been such a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for <laughs> for uh, for sharing your adventures with us and yes. going into the very deep waters uh, that uh, I did not expect to go to in this conversation, but I'm glad that we did. Now surprise, I'm going to ask you. Surprise. <laughs> now I'm going to ask you a few questions. To ask all my guests. Yes. Um, what is your definition of living a fulfilled life? The joy of the embodied soul right? Getting to live the truth of my soul through my human body, basically, the integration of heaven on earth. That's where I get my greatest joy, my greatest pleasure. I'm on my soul's embodied divine path and plan. Now, this is going to be a fun question. If you can go back in time (laughs) and talk to little Reverend Devi, Uh what advice would you give her? Believe, my divine child, that you are capable of miracles that will go down in the records of the human legacy of some of the most exquisite dispensations of grace possible. Believe, 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 believe you can be the conduit for miracles, right? Not for thyself, for the greater good of the whole. Let yourself have that miracle to be of service to all hearts around you. How do you define God? Prime source. Simple. (laughs) And what is the ultimate purpose of life? The embodiment of that divine source, love energy. Here. The the embodiment of heaven on earth. The love is within. The light is within. And the the divine union is within. And where can people find out more about you and the work that you're doing in the world? For individuals, I am structured as the divineunionacademy.com. For couples, for organizations, for businesses, we're over at divineunionfoundation.org. And then, like I said, I partner with all these different lineages, and you can find us at ancestorswithin.com, spiritualawakeningsinternational.com, and beyondbeinghuman.com. And do you have any parting messages for the audience? Never underestimate that a single choice point can entirely alter a complete and total timeline in the blink of an eye. Never underestimate the power of your love to completely transform the trajectory of an entire timeline. Basically, love and grace wins, and it wins through us choosing to be, right, that pivot. 
Reverend Debbie, thank you again so much for coming on the show. I appreciate you and the work that you are doing in the world. So I appreciate you, my dear. Thank you so much. <laughs> and thank you, Alex, for everything that you're stewarding and to be continued. I want to thank Debbie so much for coming on the show and sharing her experience with all of us. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash three, three, four. And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey. It is here to teach you. I'll talk to you soon.